name tags. Yeah, I did. That's right. Just thank you for helping me. I love it. All right, so can we pop back over? Because I've got to show you something that came to me this morning, and I realize that this is a fairly dramatic right-hand turn in terms of tone and mood. But I have to show you what somebody sent me this morning uh, in Facebook. Because this is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time, I thought anyway. Which is, and they tagged me on it. So here, hold on a sec. I got it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's a chicken in front of a Kentucky Fried Chicken store. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, but I saw that. I just started laughing, and I couldn't stop laughing. I just, I don't know. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, all right. Start recording now, okay? <laughs> uh, I just love that. Something about that. Adam, you need to post that one on your page. One time, you get one of mine. All right. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I want to welcome you. We are here. We're doing our Empowered series. And what that is about, simply enough, is going through the book of Luke and seeing how Jesus discipled his disciples. Because we understand that he's going to do the same thing with us. That was an example of how he disciples, and now he's discipling us the same way, and man, have we seen that. As we've been going through this whole process, we have seen time after time after time, where if we'll open up to it, we see where Jesus is in fact, the Holy Spirit is in fact discipling us in the same exact way as he did the disciples. No big surprise, shouldn't be a surprise, but man, is it a journey. Now, we are, we are to that place where we've gotten to the sort of what I'm calling the master's level. College was through chapter 8, and that was where they were hearing and seeing. But then they get to master's level where they start doing, and that starts at chapter 9, and we start moving forward. And what we're doing is, is that we're setting these essentials, which is to say the foundations. And so, if you do not have one of these yet, please reach down in front of you and pull that out. And keep this. Go ahead and reach down and pull it out either way. But if you, if you already have one, then help us recycle. Put it back and we'll use it again. But if you need one, of course, keep it. That's what we're producing them for, right? And what I want you to see is, is we're calling these essentials because what we're saying is, is we've discovered over the years and by God's leading that these are the things that are essential to get to and to be a part of what it is to be um, truly Christ-centered in your life. And that all means a lot more than what I'm going to explain right now. But bottom line, what we're saying is, what we're doing is, and what we've been doing is, for six weeks now, this is the sixth week, the last one, we've been looking at the foundation that Jesus laid at the beginning of their master's level experience. He laid a foundation for them of certain kinds of behaviors and things that would help them thrive as they were moving out and moving on in the things that God was doing with them, Okay. Now, the one that we're doing today is on the back side in the middle, and it's called threefolds, okay? And threefolds, for those who don't know, real simple, three or four people, same gender, getting together and doing life in the deepest possible way, okay? The kinds of things that you couldn't bring up in a small group, that happens in a threefold. Now, other things happen too, jokes and fun and laughter and prayer, I mean, Threefold started uh, 16 years ago at this church. It's something I'd never heard of before. But I was asking the Lord, how do we do prayer in a way that actually sustains itself? How do we do prayer in a way that doesn't do that bubble where a lot of people come and then they quit coming and then it dies this slow, long death? And what I was asking for was, what's a, long, what's a long-term prayer ministry? And he said, Threefold. 
And it turned out that threefolds are so much more than what I understood. But let me say something before I get to that. Let me say that these last six weeks, I think, are, I think, they're, the mo- I think they're the most important six weeks that this church has ever experienced. And I don't know if you're experiencing that, but I know I am. And what I mean by that is, is that we have this diagram, those six, we called them essentials. We didn't start calling them, we call them values. We didn't start calling them essentials until this series. And that indicates something. What it indicates is, is God has been showing us what these things really are, which we, what we had them as was pretty important. But God's been showing us more deeply, much more deeply, what they really are through every week of this series. And I'm just telling you, if you went back and just really digested everything that God has said to us in these last six weeks, your Christianity would be stellar, spectacular. The places that God could and would take you are are beyond where you would ever get on your own by far. And the bottom line is, is that as we've been doing this, I want to show you something. Look down to the bottom right-hand side and see where it says Lake Sam. And you see where it says Growing Closer? I don't know if any of you ever look at any of the stuff that we publish, but bottom line, if you've been looking at that Lake Sam thing, what you've been seeing there for the last two or three years is transforming lives, which is something we felt like I was telling you, that's what we're doing. We're transforming lives. But I have to tell you, we've changed it, and we've changed it to going closer, and the reason why is because in this series, God has just made it clearer and clearer and clearer that each one of these essentials is about growing closer to him and one another. Now, when you hear that, what goes through your mind? Growing closer to him and one another. What goes through your mind? The guy that comes to him and says, what's the greatest commandment? And what's his answer? The greatest commandment? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he says, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus actually comes later and says, and he extends that one. Love your neighbor as yourself. But he takes it deeper by saying, look, I do give you a new commandment. That was one from the Old Testament. You were to love love the Lord your God with heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But I'm taking you deeper than love him as yourself. I'm taking you, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. That's how you should love each other. What does that mean? It means sacrificially. It means loving them more than you love yourself. It means giving them everything. It means being willing to give them everything. Now, you've got to be in pretty deep love with somebody to get to that place, don't you? Right? You've got to get to a place to where you're in a totally different space. You don't do that with just friends. Right? You love them much as you love yourself and, you know, to get back and this, this sort of philos love, brotherly love. But when you get to an agape love, a love without thought of return to yourself, a love that is oriented completely and utterly unto another, whether it comes back to you or not, that's what he's talking about. A love that pours out for the other person. Why? Because you love them that much. Do you have children? What parent wouldn't do anything? What parent wouldn't gladly take upon themselves any harm that had come to their child if it meant their child didn't come to that harm? I hope you're in a marriage where you would say the same thing about your spouse. I want to tell you where God's trying to get us, though. Where God's trying to get us is in everything, in every person, across the board. We love because he first loved us. How did he love us? This way. 
So I want to say, as he says, rightly, of course, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these commandments. You know what he's saying? Everything boils down to that. And I want to say, thank God, I think he's just showed us everything that we're doing at this church is, is boiling down to growing closer to him and to one another. Right? Now, when I say that, I want you to see something here, which is, well, I want you to see the fit between, for those of you who have been around for 16, 17 years now, when we first started out, we first said, what are we supposed to be doing? We found what we were supposed to be doing in Jesus' final prayer for the disciples and us. John 17, his final prayer. What it was all about, what he wanted ringing in our ears, this is what he was looking for. And what he said was, is, I'm praying not only for these disciples, the ones that were in front of him, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message, that's us, we believe because of theirs, right? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. So we had this thing where we said, one with God and one another that the world might know. Now let me show you something that you might not know, okay? Do you see that first little arrow thing? You see what that is? It's a drop, right? And the idea here is, is that God drops into your life and that creates a response back up to him, which we do in Sunday church and devotionals, okay? And then what happens is that drop, we love because he first loved us, goes out in ripples. And so that's the ripple image. That's why that is there because that's where other ripples are starting to intersect with one another and that's small groups and threefolds. But over time, those ripples start joining together. So many ripples start joining together that they become a great big crashing wave that can carve a new landscape in the world. And that's what serving and outreach does, is you go out. Now, that's why that looks like that, okay? I think God has led us step by step and process by process. But let me show you something here. A few weeks ago, I did devotionals, and I said about devotionals, that's the cornerstone, if you had to say, what's the most important one? What is the one that God said was the most important one? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What is that in terms of this? Well, it's all of it, but, but also it starts with devotionals, right? This intimate time with him that is set apart where you're with your best friend, okay? But then it goes on. Now look at that. If that's the cornerstone from which you build everything else, the second is like unto it. Look in terms of the foundation, which these three lower things are meant to be a foundation. In terms of a foundation, look at the one that is like unto it, or that is equally as important. Right to the right of it is threefolds. Now here's what I want to say. If you look through all the reveal materials, if you look through all the materials that are coming out about church, if you look through all this kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff, you will see these other five talked about in huge detail. These, all of them but threefolds. Devotional, Sunday church, small group, serving outreach. You'll find a lot of stuff about that. But interestingly, threefolds, the one that God gave us 16, 17 years ago, you don't find a lot of people talking about that. So when we say threefold, here's what a lot of guys think if they've been around for a while. They think, oh, that's like those old-style men's group accountability groups. That was a thing where, you know, you have a problem with porn, and so you get together with other guys, and you work through your problem together. Or you have a problem with anger, and so you get together with guys, and you work through your... And you hold yourself accountable, and they were called accountability groups. And can I say something? That ought to absolutely be part of what a threefold is, man or woman. Right? There ought to be a place where the, you're, you're, you're dealing with the deepest stuff. But can I say that accountability groups is, is 
the way that they're conceived of, yes, they can get very deep, but it's almost surface level compared to what we're trying to get to with threefolds. And that's what I really want to say. When we talk about growing closer, it turns out that this threefold thing is a little bit like, think about this for a second as an analogy. See, Jesus was hidden throughout the Holy Old Testament, right? He came in some theophanies, but people didn't understand that the word was flesh. They understood that the that God the Father had created and that the Holy Spirit had hovered over the deep. But then there was, and the Word, and John makes it clear that the Word was Christ. He was the thing that, that, that God has told us through authors several different times. This was the hidden part of the Trinity, okay? And I want to say something. I think that's kind of what threefolds are. Can you just look at this statement with me? Here's how this should have started. Here's what Jesus should have prayed for if he prayed right. You understand, right? Okay. God, I pray that they be one with you and me. That's how you start, right? And he gets there at the end. But you see where he starts? I think he's saying something. Watch this. God loved us, and my response unto him is almost automatic. Now, yes, I have to do devotionals, and yes, I, you know, there's this thing that I do in order to cultivate that relationship, but there is this thing about God loving us, which is, depending on how Calvinistic you want to get, irresistible, right? There's something about the way that God loves us that is so magnificent that it's almost like, ugh, you know what I mean? You just, how could you not? But here's what I think Jesus is emphasizing by putting it in the order that he does, you want to know what the hard part of it is? That loving other people stuff. Why? Well, because have you ever talked to yourself? Right? Have you met you? Right? There's just prickly things about all of us. Things that, right, don't fit. All of us. So there's some people it's more hidden. But it's all of us. And I think what Jesus is trying to say is he's trying to say, if you will work out what it is to love others the way I'm talking about, agape, fully sold out, all for the other, if you will love them that way, you just go into a totally different space. You know how to love God better. It feeds itself, and then God shows you even deeper love, and then you pour out even deeper love, and, then you, and pretty soon you just become love, right? God is love. We're made in his image, and you become this manifestation of love in the world. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who, um, if, if, you know, her political views and mine couldn't be further apart. The things that she believes in, I believe to be harmful and so on, deeply. And I'm not talking right and left. I'm talking much more, much deeper than that. But can I tell you something? I love this person because I know her, because God connected us, because God knit us. And I don't care. The other stuff is important. I'm not saying it's not anything. But I just want to say, I had this, we had this email exchange. We haven't really talked to each other in years. But I can tell you, it's still, she's still as close to me in this moment as when we were together a lot back when, Julie and us and all of us. 
And Julie feels exactly the same way. I mean, we're just completely connected to her. And I think, honestly, I don't know, and I'm, I don't even know, maybe she'll see this, and if you do, hi, but, uh, and love you. But uh, I just was amazed at what, what God was giving me to tell this person who I think was nervous because that political bent came out more strongly later on. And I think she was afraid about what I would think. I'm just telling you, there's a way of life that is better. And it's kind of like Christ being the hidden part of the Trinity, revealed and reveals all the glory. So two threefolds is the perfect place for us to be ending. Because when you really understand what they are, you get to a place to where you go, wow, wow. I didn't even know they were that important. And now I think by the time we're done, you're going to see them not just as essential, but I think you're going to think to yourself, I have to do this. So with that, that was a long introduction. It's actually a short sermon. Famous last words. <laughs> Pray like crazy. We'll see how good your prayers are. Okay? Who's the, who's the person who's praying for us? Who's praying for us? Is Adam doing that? Oh, oh, Roger. Oh, Awesome. I just got to spend breakfast with them yesterday, or yeah, yesterday. Jeez, it seems like a long time ago already. You know what I mean? We, we get to do this once a year, which is just absolutely pitiful. I can't wait for eternity, and then I'm just going to hang out at your house for about 100000 Okay? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning, for the time that we can come together as a church just to have Sunday church. But Father, as Kurt was saying, it's more than that. Amen. Father, we want it to be more than that. We need it to be more than that. And Father, as he, as Kurt brings forth the message this morning, we know that you're with him. We know that he listens to you. So Father, let us listen to him this morning. Let us have ears to hear so that we can become closer to you and closer to each other and become more like you. And now I would pray for the... Um, Christian Motorcyclists Association Amen. this week as they're Amen. having their changing of the colors and international rally in Hatfield, Arkansas. Leaders from all over the world are coming there to learn more about you and to be refreshed and be able to take your word out to a group that largely is not ministered to. So, Father, be with them and guide and direct them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you want to learn how to do outreach in a way that is a blast and really be effective, hang around the Millers. Just hang around with them, okay? I'm telling you, they get so much joy to vive out of life. It is unbelievable and extremely profitable. So here's where we are. I told you before that we months ago decided what order of these essentials that we would go through. And you'll see we didn't just do them across the top and across the bottom in order like that. We did them in the way that we wanted to roll them out this fall in the way that we felt like it was important. And then when we got to this fall, I looked just to see if there was any possible lineup with the rest of it. And, and every single week we have seen, not only is there a possible lineup, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Jesus was discipling his disciples and laying the foundation precisely the way that God told us to roll it out then. So imagine that God's actually in control, okay? But with that, I want you to see this, okay? So here's our passage today.
This is a great passage in which there is much more than we're going to get to today. But now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, death, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, again, I just want to say, I can't wait to come back and preach on this passage because I'm hardly preaching on it. And yet, I want to show you what's in there. Okay, if you, if you know that I'm going to preach on threefolds and you look at that passage, it's pretty easy to look at that and say, oh, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. That's Peter, John, and James. That's the one where he's making a threefold of them, right? I mean, after all, you do remember that several times in the gospel, it's, there's 12 disciples, but these three seem to be, like he invites them in when he raises the little girl, and, and they're at the final garden with him, you know, supposed to be keeping watch with him and so on. And there's other times when he gathers just these three, and this is one of those times. So you go, well, there's the threefold. But can I show you the threefold that I really want to show you? Because I'm going to make an argument that there's a threefold type thing coming here. It's Jesus. Jesus is in a threefold here with Moses and Elijah. Now let's look at what a threefold does, and then it will make the argument that this is a threefold moment for him. It'll make the argument. Because I want to show you what a threefold really does. Okay? I want you to see this. Watch. Okay? Look. The thing that he says right before he goes up and is transfigured, the last thing that he says, he talks about how you must take up your cross and so on, but right in that he says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and then be raised on the third day. Now, then... Then the next thing that happens is he is all of a sudden on this mountain with Moses and Elijah and they're talking about his departure death. Now, let me propose to you and let me tell you how superficial I can be. Because honest to goodness, I've never thought seriously about what it was that they were talking about. And so there was this thought that I had in my mind. And yes, you're free to laugh at this. But it was kind of like, you know, they were just chatting. That's how I've always read it that they were just having a little chat. You know, yeah, I'm going to die. Hey, after I get done raising again, you want to go to Spargo's? You know, they're just hanging out together. You know what I mean? That's what I've always, I've always, I've never thought of it as a particularly serious moment that he's with these two people. But all of a sudden, I want to just have you think about it a little bit. Think about who he's with. Think about Moses, because I think there's something about Moses that tells us what a threefold is much more deeply. You remember there's this time when, when there's an enemy that's attacking and they need to defend themselves. And what happens is, is that Moses stands off on a hill. Oh, this is, sorry. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and circle back on this. Uh, when, when he's talking about that he must die and must suffer, I want you to understand that when Jesus was saying that, it wasn't a casual thing either. He wasn't just saying, yeah, i got to die, and then I'll rise again. So don't worry. Be chill. i got to die, but then i got to rise again. I want, you to, I want you to remember that when he thinks about his death, it's not a casual thing for him. He knows he's going to raise again, so why is that such a big deal to him? And I've argued this many times and will many other times, but I want to argue with you that every stripe that he took with those cat of nine tails, with that thing that would hook his flesh and rip his flesh, those crowns on his head, that crucifixion that he's going through, all the pain that he is suffering are things to help us understand 
the depths of the suffering that he's really suffering in that for a moment he's having to be separated from God. Right? In fact, I, let me say it this way. What's the original threefold? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who have become one. Always were one, but you get my drift. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who are one. And this oneness is so strong that this idea of him having to be separated for the Father, even but for a moment, in order to take upon himself the penalty due our choices that separate us, in order to bring us back, right? He comes over here in order to, right, so I'm not going to go into that anymore, but, but I want to say that all of that suffering is pointing to this existential suffering that he is going to suffer when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's being separated. All the physical pain is supposed to point to the depths of what he is suffering. Why it's such a big deal to him. Now remember, so if that's a big deal, and he talks about his death, and then a few days later he's up there talking to Moses. Remember who Moses is. Moses is a guy who knows something about what it is to help and be helped. Watch this. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage in the war. But whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, and they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset, and as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalekites. Uh, Amalek, in battle. Now, I want, to, I want to do this image with you. Would you two guys come up here? I want to do this image. Now, stay right there for now. Here I am alone, right? And I want you to understand the, the symbolism of the hands raised. Well, when I've got my hands raised, it's not, it's like this. I'm reaching to heaven for the things of God to grab them, to bring them to the need that I have. Does anybody in here have a need? Do you have something that you really need? Well, your hands outstretched unto God is a good posture, right? Face to the ground is not a horrible one either, but he's the one that picks you up and says, reach to me, I'm willing to be had. I'm willing to be grabbed. I'm willing to come into your situation, if you will, but reach to me. So this is, he's in this time of need, Moses in this battle, but all of us in the battle that we're in and the thing that it wants to overwhelm us need to be reaching our hands unto God, but here's the problem. Alone, my arms get tired. And so I find someone to come alongside of me, my two good friends, and what they do is they take my arms and they help me keep them lifted unto God who is my hope. Now I want to say something. If you want an image of what a threefold is, this is it. This is what a threefold is. Okay? Thank you guys. Got it? Good, huh? Now, watch this. Watch, what, watch how God is building a threefold. Watch what God is doing in all of this stuff. So here's Moses doing this, and then he comes along. Look, Jesus, he is in the garden, and he prayed more fervently. He was in such agony of spirit. I'm making the case that Jesus on that, on that Mount of Transfiguration needed Someone to help him raise his arms. The thought of him soon going to Jerusalem to experience this is so great for him that he needs someone to come and help his arms raised, keep his arms raised, Moses and Elijah. 
And what we see in the garden is it really was a big deal. It was such a big deal. He's in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Now watch this. What did God do? He sent him an angel to strengthen him, to lift his hands, to keep his hands lifted. Do you see it? He sent him an angel. But I want to propose something to you now. What if there was a better plan? A plan that the disciples didn't live up to, but that it taught them to live up to it. What if what he did was, is he said to them, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. I've always thought of it as they were sitting over here and he was sitting over there. But why did he bring these same three guys to this moment? Why did he bring them? They had seen him on the mount. They had seen him being ministered to by Moses and Elijah. And now they're being brought. And he says, keep vigil with me. When he came back to his disciples, he found them asleep. And he said, can't you stick it out with me even an hour? Do you see this? You're supposed to be lifting my arms. I think God had to send the angel because the guys that Jesus brought didn't get it. <laughs> Do you see it? Now, I knew, I know, we all know that Jesus knew that they weren't going to get it. But he was trying to say, this is why I brought you. And when I die, and you're going through it because John is going to lose his beloved brother James soon after. And somebody needs to minister to him. And i got to tell you something. When you look at John and when you look at Peter, John started out as a son of, son of thunder, and he becomes the one that teaches us the meaning of the word agape, that sacrificial love. Peter starts out as Peter, brash, bold, you know, bull in a china closet, Peter. And by the time we get to him in his letters, he's the same, he's gone over, gone over the same transformation that John has. He has humbled himself completely, and he has given over. He has given himself over to helping others, and not to be the leader, and not to be the this and the that. He's given himself over to washing feet. See it? In fact, you see, I think, I, I, I'm going to reinterpret these words because I know they mean what we always thought they mean, but I think they mean more than that because here's what Jesus says to him. Stay alert, Peter. Be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, but there's another part that's lazy. Uh, hands? Hands? Come on. Okay, you're too lazy to even raise your hand, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Right? But I want, you to, I want you to read this in this light now. I want you to read it through this new, this new lens that we're getting from the Lord. Because I want you to see that when he says that, here's what I think it would have meant to us before if we hadn't done this. It means, you, you know, if you're having temptation, pray. Go into your room by yourself and pray. But I want to totally change the, I want to add, add that depth. If you're in trouble, Pray. But I want to say, look what he's saying. There's something that's going to happen to you and you're in danger. And what's going on is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, which means what? I need my friends. I need help. See? You were supposed to be lifting my hands in my hour of need. You're going to have an hour of need because I'm going to die in 24 hours. And you're going to freak and run away. And you're going to need somebody to hold my hand. In fact, Peter, you're the one who's going to deny me three times. 
and it's going to crush your soul that you who thought you were the most for God is going to literally say to him within the day, I never knew him. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know him at all. Do you think this is a man that needs his hands helped? <laughs> right? Do you think that John came to him and said, you know, you denied him. You're just a rotten scumbag. Or do you think that John came to him and that John was a threefold member to him and said, you know, tough day. I'm not giving up on you. Period. This person that I was talking about that I wrote yesterday literally said to me, what do you think of me? <laughs> I wish I could read you what I wrote back because it's just such a, I felt like it wasn't me at all that was writing it. I just said, here's what I think of you, the same thing I've always thought about you. You're in my heart. You're in Julie's heart. <laughs> I love you. That's what I think of you. That's where you are in my heart. <laughs> always have been and always will be. We all go through life in a funny way. But I'm going to hold on to you. And if God's asking me, I'm bringing you. That's how I think about you. And that's a lot different than saying, well, you know, your political views are such and such and so and so and so I can't, blah, blah, blah. If you could, I wish I could tell you the whole story, but I won't. But this is what I want us to see, and so I want us to see that what God was doing was he was raising up Peter, John, and James. He was showing them what a threefold really is. He was showing them what it is to have relationship in a way that goes beyond even what a small group can ever do. In fact, I want to say something. I don't think that your threefold should ever be closer than a spouse, but I got to tell you, if you're in a threefold male or a female, you have learned how important they can be to loving your spouse. Because there's times when you and your spouse are at odds, and you get into a good threefold, and they really help you work through things in a way that they lift your arms, they keep you focused on heaven again, and not on the person, and suddenly you start to see new things, and it takes you to an entirely different place. And what I want to say is, is I do believe that a spouse should be somebody who helps lift your arms, absolutely. But I want to tell you something, in heaven there is neither male nor female. We all think that we're going to get to be with our spouses and live in a little house down some little cul-de-sac, and that is not even close to what it's about. It's about every single person being one. So utterly and completely and totally one that we are always in one another at every moment, every single person. It's taking the love that you have for your spouse at its deepest possible moment that it ever was, multiplying by a couple of trillion, and then just beginning to approach the oneness that we will feel with every single other person in heaven. That's what awaits us. And he wants us to taste it now. In the marriage setting, there's sex. The world becomes obsessed with sex because it's the deepest possible expression of intimacy that they experience. And so they become obsessed, obsessed with that. Here's what the Christian becomes obsessed with. Oneness. No, don't get me wrong. Sex is great. But I want you to understand something. There's something better. It's the thing that sex is pointing at, pointing to, which is two becoming one. And that's supposed to happen in threefolds. That's what threefolds are really all about. In fact, I want to say this. When we first started threefolds, 
16 years ago, I, you know, we, we, I started talking about it, and we had, had, still have a lot of these guys, same guys, but, you know, we have a lot of manly guys in this church, right? I mean, you know, John Batman is, he is a mountain, you know what I mean? Not a, he's just a mountain, you know, he's a guy's guy in every sense of that word. And when we first said get into threefolds, I don't remember if John was one of the ones that resisted or not, but, but I can tell you there was a lot of manly men that were saying, I'm not doing that. You know, I mean, women, it's, you know, it's more natural for you to think about getting together. You just, it's the way you're built, right? But guys, manly men getting together and sharing their feelings, give me a break. And we had to drag guys kicking and screaming into three falls. I just begged them, just try it for a few months, please. And I begged them. Not every one of them, but the vast majority of the guys that we dragged kicking and screaming, the guys that resisted the most, a year later had more than one threefold. Because they went, this is the greatest thing. Because see, what we're finding in the world is, even though we're more connected because of social media, we're actually less intimate. We're not having the face-to-face time. We're not having the time where we're in each other's lives to this kind of depth and degree, where we can look into somebody's eyes and they say they're fine, and you know they're not fine. And you plumb that depth, and you go with them, and you start holding their hand, and you start lifting their hand, and you start raising them up. And when you do that, what God is saying is, is he has said, look, from the very beginning, I told you it's not good for the man to be alone. Why? Because it isn't the image of God. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's who God is. It's not the Father. He's not God alone. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's who God is. And what he's saying is, I want you to be one with me, and I want you to be one with one another. And this is the hard one, and this is the one that you get to experience. It's good for, I mean, to be like this. In fact, let me take it even deeper with you. Let me take a really cool step. Now, watch this. Alex. Actually, Noah, since you're working today. Okay, Noah, come on up. Noah's a new friend. Noah's a good guy. Right, now watch. Now, Noah and I know each other. We don't know each other that well. And I got something really big going on. Do I want to share it with him? Nah, not really. Now, I do because I'm weird. <laughs> okay? And what I mean by that is, is that God has gotten me to the place to where I've learned that if I will be vulnerable with somebody else, that something miraculous will happen between us, and there'll be a love and a oneness that is worth the vulnerability and the risk of it. So I do that. And so I'll go ahead and I'll share something. But see, now watch. See, I'm the one that took the risk. And I shared something, and sometimes it doesn't come back well, right? There are people that don't receive that well, and they don't receive you, and so you get rejected, and that, that's painful, right? But, but, but here's what, now watch this. See, what actually happens is, is, let's say that I share something vulnerable, and then Noah feels like he can minister to me. So Noah gets to minister to me. See, he's not the one having to be vulnerable and transparent. He's just the one that has to be helpful. He's the one that has to be responsive to the need right? So he's not got any risk yet, right? But watch what happens. When Noah ministers to me and it works, he gets my hand and he lifts it up and my hands go up because of him. Now in a threefold, anybody who's been a threefold, you know how this happens. You know, in one, for a couple of months, it's one guy. And then for a couple of months, it's the next guy. And so just as he was helping me, there'll come a day when he needs help. And because I let him help me, because he ministered to me, because that became something where he knew I was vulnerable and transparent, he is now willing to be vulnerable and transparent with me in a way that he wouldn't have done before. 
You see it? And now I can minister to him. And then it gets better. And then he goes, my life is better when I'm in community. This is good. And then it goes on and on and on. And this is what I think God means when he says, you're a chosen people, you're royal priests. Thank you, Noah. You're a holy nation. I want to tell you something. What we've been talking about with Empowered this whole time is, is how to become better ministers of the presence of the Holy Spirit, better stewards of it so that we can minister, right? And here's what most people are saying. This is why we're doing the prayer right after worship. Most people are saying, but I've never really seen it in action. You talk about it, and I'm inspired to do it, but I have no idea what it looks like. Get in a threefold. That's what it looks like. And let me make it clear, it doesn't look different than that. What you do in a threefold is what he wants you to do with your friend, your family member, your coworker, and your neighbor. He's not looking for some big outreach thing like we talked about last week. What he's looking for is the relational thing, the real thing. The thing where you get to take someone's hand and lift it. Get them pointed back to God in a way that God starts flowing in their life. It's not you. You're just connecting them more with God, right? So I want to say, God has given us this incredible thing of threefolds. He's given this church this incredible thing of threefolds to not only minister to one another. Do you know how much counseling I do? Do you know how much counseling a normal pastor does? If you're 30% or less of your calendar, you consider yourself to be incredibly fortunate. Do you know how much counseling I do? Probably 10%. Why? Because people are having their needs met and they're threefold. And sometimes things get away from you and they get harder and bigger. And, and then you need extra help and then you might come to me and I'll send you somewhere else. And not to get rid of you, but because other people are better at it. Right? But I'll be there. You, you catch the drift? This body is doing what it's supposed to do. There was a guy, Larry Crabb, and Larry Crabb came out with this thing a few years ago, and he said, we need to raise up a, a lay level of counselors because people need help. And he raised up this lay level of counselors in a church. He trained them all, and they became counselors to everybody else in the church, and here's what happened. He came back about 10 years later, and he repented to the whole body, and he said, I repent of what I did, because here's what I did. I created a pseudo-professional level of counseling that was of marginal value. But what was the real mistake was I took ministry out of the body. It was supposed to be one to another. Here's real stats right now. It, we have some really excellent counselors in this church, and they're people that I refer other people to and so on, and they really help you, and they know what they're doing, unlike me, who's just sort of letting God tell me what to do and you know usually that's helpful and for a couple of times and then it's right but but here's the point really good counselors on average the efficaciousness is what they call it and that means were you effective in solving the problem really good counselors 15 percent let's just say the ones in this church because they're so wonderful get up to 25 percent you know 30 percent let's double how effective they are in this church right you know how effective a friend is in helping you get through a problem 85%. And Larry Crabb comes and he says, I did this horrible thing. I took ministry out of the body. People were supposed to be ministering to each other. And in that, they were learning how to minister now to their friend, to their family member, to their coworker, to their neighbor. You see how all this fits together? 
That's why it's not just do a couple of these essentials. It's not, you know, you can't ride a bike with a gear, a chain, and a seat. You still need a frame and wheels. Because what God's going for ultimately is, and this is beyond this priesthood thing, what God is ultimately going for is he's trying to teach us what it looks like to actually be one. Now we're going to do something. I told you the shorter sermon. Thank you, God. You pray. Your prayers work. See, I went asking for do prayers work? They work. Amen. Amen. I want to hear, I want you to testify about your life now. I want you to say, what's happened in a threefold? What's happened? Now, I want, to, I want you to do something else. I'm going to open the door up a little wider than just threefolds, because here's what I want you to do. I want you to see that God isn't just moving through threefolds. I want you to see that this idea of God having people minister to one another goes all the way back to best friends. So you can, I want you to tell me any story that has to do with you becoming truly one with somebody else. Now, I'd like more threefold stories than other ones because I want to encourage you all to get into threefolds, and I'd like you to see how wonderful it is. And you can talk about how it was awkward in the beginning, and then it got really good and so on. But here's what I'm also looking for is I want us to see that this is the pattern of life, that God has been trying to connect people in oneness, whether you know him or not, throughout your life. There are people that have come alongside of you in times of great need, and there are times when you came alongside someone else in times of great need, and it made you one with them. It bonded you together. I see two people sitting together right now, and you guys have gone through tough things together, and you are one, period, right? And they're just hugging each other. And I see a lot of that in this room where people have been there for one another in really hard, deep ways. And it makes you one. Now, I want to say one thing before we open up the discussion. If you're an introvert, this is your day. Why? Because those extroverts tend to make superficial relationships. You introverts tend to make ones that are good. Now, extroverts still have to have good ones, and so some of your relationships do actually go deep despite your best attempts to keep them superficial. No, just a joke. But you see what I'm saying? Introverts, you tend to make really deep relationships. So please, okay? If your heart is beating so hard and you know you're supposed to say something and you'd rather kill yourself than speak, raise your hand, okay? Okay, don't kill yourself. Speak, okay? But go ahead. I want some hands and then we're going to, I just want to do some of this. By the way, I know, you, I know that you can't tell all the details of your story. Please don't tell anything that, you know, is in a way that, but go ahead, come on. Okay, we'll go to Eric first. I, I, can I say something? When I was praying about people to speak, I, you came to my mind. Go ahead. Well, so yeah, I was one of those uh, guys who strongly <laughs> resisted your encouragement. <laughs> Euphemism. To do a threefold, yeah, because I was here when you first started talking about it. I'm like, uh, I don't have time for that. Uh, and it was actually uh, John Platt that got me into a threefold. Um, and whoop, whoop. He, he looked at me and said, hey, uh, I really want to do this. I think it was actually a couple years ago when you were going through the essentials uh, in a slightly different form. Um, but it's, uh, it's me and John and uh, Josh Morris and Josh Benjamin now. And we don't often do like super heavy counseling, you know, stuff. 
But we do talk in a personal way every week, and the value is often in listening to John talk about how he uh, is really trying to be more purposeful with his time. And I hear him say that, and I go, wow, yeah. I should be more purposeful with my time as well and my relationships. And I hear uh, Josh Benjamin, you know, getting into, into new parenting and exploring all that. And I remember how that was for me. And I can share my experience with him, but I, he also reminds me to, uh, that I am still a parent and that I have to focus on my kids now and, and really pay attention to them and so on and so forth. And so the, the value that I've found is just listening to the things that are on each of our minds and it challenges me to be better, to be more aware uh, and to be purposeful about my life. Amen. Now, I want, I want you to notice something, too. This is an intergenerational threefold. We have lots of intergenerational threefolds where there's older and younger in the group, and that tends to work very well. Okay, sometimes it's just all the same stage of life, but that is not a requirement whatsoever. You'll see that in a second. Go ahead. Who was the other? Okay. And you need to stand up, Julie. Sorry. Well, I'm going to read something um, and then tell you about it. And this person... I, I offered something small to someone, but just to share something that I loved with somebody else. And the reception gave me a view of myself that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be a threefold, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. But when yeah. we connect with each other... Right. Um, we get this blessing that is viewing things through somebody else's That's eyes. Right. And, and so they said, you've reached into, um, into my life during a season that, that was important to them. I'm not going to read all of it. But, um, and investing here in a way that had an impact. And, and the words that they used to tell me about what that meant to them... Yeah gave me such a gift yeah. that 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 connection was really meaningful and yeah. really deep even though I just extended a small branch. Yeah. And awesome. so it's this gift that we get right. by getting together and we Absolutely. don't even realize really. Absolutely. Amen. Did I see a hand go up? Adam. Don't say anything bad. He's in my threefold. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell on me. It's, it's funny you would say that in light of what I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> okay. um, so about 25 years ago, I was becoming friends with somebody. And uh, they, it, they chose to share with me. And we started to share with each other on a, you know, a deeper level about things that you wouldn't normally do, which is sort of you know, what we do in threefold. And like you said, it's not always that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just... You know, we laugh a lot. a lot. We laugh a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, one time he took me aside, and we weren't doing a threefold. We were just talking. We were playing friends. He says, um, so you, you remember that thing that we talked about? Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember what it was anymore. And he, now I did then. He says, you're the only person I ever told that. And, um, and it came back to me from somebody else. And you weren't... Uh, I don't know, you were, you were loose with my information, and I trusted you. 
So, you know, and this is, you know, I've always valued myself as somebody of integrity. Did you do that? Um, I, I probably did. I probably said something. I wasn't careful with it. Oh. And uh, what he did was very cool because he revealed something about me. And he said, I'm going to trust you again. Wow. And, uh, you know, and it was certainly a lesson that, uh, you know, I, I never have breached anyone's confidence again uh, because of that. And so yeah. I don't remember exactly what the thing was or whether I actually did it or if it was some yeah. coincidental thing. But it was just something that I realize in our threefold and I've seen other people do in uh, their lives that that confidence of this little group of people is something that there are a bunch of people in this church that are trustworthy like that, yeah. like he expected me That's to be. Good. And he called that out of me. And it's something that, you know, whether it was a problem or not at that point, I promise you it was never a problem again. Yeah. And I found that, you know, certainly with you and with a couple of other yeah. people um, we have a four, and I think you're calling out. A, I think you're calling out a super important principle, which is, if everything just goes happily ever after, smooth, 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 you don't bond nearly as well. This is that concept of if you really want to bond with your family, do not go to Disneyland, because it'll be perfect. Everything will go wonderfully, and you'll have wonderful memories of. of uh, but but it won't bond you. If you want to bond with your family in ways that will remember until you're old, go camping. Because, because when you camp, there's certainly things that are going to go horribly wrong, and it's going to be miserable, and that's the one that's going to bond you together. And when you go into a threefold and you have a rough season, you have a rough sea, and you get through that rough sea, you actually end up more knit together with them than if it hadn't happened. Go ahead. Yeah. He's my best friend today. He's the person I trust the most. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Awesome. Because he didn't give up in that. Awesome. awesome. I love it. I love it. Your threefold isn't going to be perfect. Why? Because you're in it. <laughs> okay, let's just get really clear about all that stuff. Who's next? Who's next? This is great, Babette. And then we'll go back to Mike. I love that. Thank you. Oh, I guess Bruce and then Mike. Go ahead. Throughout my work life, I've sought other like-minded people. And um, down at the juvenile courts, every day at 10 a.m., there was a group of us that came and prayed. There was only three or four, but... Today at 10 a.m., I still think of those women because of the impact they had on my life. Yeah. And now I work for the city of Bellevue, and there's about seven of us that have been meeting on a weekly basis for about five years. And we have walked through one of them going through infertility and adoption. Yeah. Another one, her husband dealing with pornography. Another one, her husband actually arrested for... Um, Careful about you, or yeah. You don't know, you know any that. of these people, yeah. but these are the kinds of things that we walk through yeah. with yes. one another, and these are the I kind of can't imagine happening. living without yeah. having their support Amen. and knowing that they have my back. And Amen. I just have to send an email out to say this is a horrible day. I need your prayers, Amen. and they're on it. Let me say you, again, God's bringing out really important principles about threefolds. A lot of threefolds do meet in places that are fairly public and it's difficult to pray. You can still pray. But threefold started as a prayer thing. And I want to say, if you want to take your threefold to entirely new levels, do pray together. That will make, that will, God himself will enter into that in such a way that it'll take it 
to new levels. So, I, you know, we, you talk and make sure you end with that prayer and real prayer. And not just for the three of you. Pray for the church, would you? Okay? We need it. All right? Um, Bruce. Well, I can, I, I can I love, tell you. Can I say something? I, women, last, I really did a stupid thing a few weeks ago when Jenny was talking. And I said, I need to, cause just because we had a few women, I said, we need to do a guy next. And that was really stupid. And I apologize publicly to you, Jenny. And I apologize to you privately, effusely, because it was just stupid. I was really tired that day. But, but I, I do want to say something. I'm, I want more women to speak now. And I'm loving how many guys are talking. This is awesome, guys. Thank you. Bruce, go ahead. Um, when it comes to praying at a Starbucks and holding another guy's hand, it gets a little bit itchy, you know. <laughs> Great term. Um, but I've, I've been lucky enough to be in two threefolds, and they've, guys have kind of come and gone over the years, so I started thinking maybe I'll just write a list of the guys that I've been lucky enough to be in threefolds with. And it's Mike Byron, Greg Fisher, wow. John Anderson, David Cosby, wow. Eric Nichols, Chris Shelton, wow. Roger Miller, John Lineburner, Ralph Haddenhausen, wow. late David Rose, and Bruce Ravenstark. Wow. And these are good, good friends of mine. Man. So I'm lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's a, that's a list. Mike, can we... Uh, Adam, can you, Mike, back here? Was that you, Chris, that raised your hand? Okay, Chris, you're next. Alex, down the center aisle. So I probably would really want to be one of those guys who doesn't want to talk, like Kirk uh, talked about at the beginning. But the threefold is super important to me. Um, it was awkward at first when I first joined it. Yeah. Uh, I still didn't really know how to pray, let alone outwardly for somebody else. Yeah. Um, we're in a group where if you sat us together, you go, well, those guys kind of belong together, and those guys kind of belong together, but collectively, they probably don't, and it's exactly the opposite. I mean, we have a group of guys now that are great together. Um, we tried to open up and do some reading at one point in time, but it wasn't the, it, we didn't want that structure, and, you know, we share things with each other that I never thought I would be telling another guy. And yeah. it's, it, it's more comfortable than I ever thought it could be. Sort of the odd thing about it is if one guy's having a problem, it, it, it's almost always two or three others in, in the group have that same problem but just either didn't yeah. know how to voice it or were ashamed to say it Amen. or something along that line. So if you're not in a threefold yet, man, it's great. I got to say it's great. Amen. Chris, we're going we're gonna to do one, maybe two more. So, okay, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, a lot of things that have already been said resonate. Uh, uh, certainly it is great, and I strongly recommend it. I've been in a threefold for a long time. Uh, Tell us how many years. Come on. Well, I started in 81, or 83, actually, after got Come married. on. But, that's awesome. But uh, one guy and I, he's a, another engineer at Boeing, neither, neither of the two guys that I'm with come to this church. It's just because it's been so long. That's right. But I've been with Steve since 1987. That's right. And, and uh, what I want to and we meet at Denny's, by the way. We... And we follow the, what I call the Acts 242 formula, which is share a meal, uh, have fellowship. Mm -hmm. We always pray, and, uh, and, we read the, and we read the word. But for me, or the consistency of it, over the years, we pray yeah. for each other's families. We really focus on family uh, and wives, relationships, and that kind of stuff that are really important. And for me, it's just the knowledge 
that our prayers are answered, that God hears our prayers. There's a consistency. Amen. And I'd like to say, have kind of enjoyed saying to people, I look forward to the day that I go to heaven, meet Jesus, and he's going to say, I sure enjoyed all those breakfasts with you guys. Oh, because, that is so cool. Because, you know, where, th where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Amen. And we are so confident that the Lord is, and hears our prayers and is with us and responds. Oh, that's uh, awesome. He's always, you know, part of, the, part of the group. You need to preach. Uh, so start thinking about it and let me know. Uh, let, me, let me say, uh, I, just, I just need to hit off of something he's saying, and then we'll, that'll be the last one, okay? But, but um, oh, shoot. I forgot it. Go ahead. I guess I'm the token woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, heck, Prudence left. I used to have her in our group, and then Sharon Becker, and then Rena Thomas, and um, I just love Sharon. Yeah. And um, I sent her a text yesterday, and I sent her, or a couple days ago, and I said, I'm having lunch with my, one of Mike's sons, and he's not walking with the Lord, and just pray that everything goes great. And um, it's just so neat, pardon me, yeah. estrogen, you know, but it's so neat when the conversation Amen. went well, and, um, and he received what I had to say with grace, and, yeah. um, and we, we have so much fun together, because we, we have Rena with us, and Rena's younger, and funnier, and so she'll bring banana grams, and, <laughs> and we'll play a game first, and we'll share yeah. what's been going on in our life that week, and we we've prayed for our husbands. Uh, we walked Sharon through Pete's death. Um, yeah, it really goes deep. It goes where the rubber meets the road, and Amen. and where Amen. your deepest fears are and your deepest Amen. hopes are. That's and I love that people have been talking about how much fun, because I know I'm talking about the, and I need to right to cast vision for what they're really about. But definitely, if you don't have the fun and life stuff, then what's the point? You know what I mean? It's relational and everything that that means. And I remembered the thing that I wanted to say on Chris's. Have you guys ever heard the statistic that if you are married, you have the same exact divorce rate as other people? If you're a church, if you're a Christian and a churchgoer, you have the same divorce rate as other people. Have you ever heard that statistic before? That's almost like, com that's not true. Did you know that? Actually, if you're a regular churchgoer, you're dramatically less likely to actually get divorced. But there was a study that just came out, and it, looked, it said, if that's a lie, what else is a lie? And what they did is they started measuring a whole bunch of different variables in people's lives. And what they found was is that regular churchgoers, people that were in fellowship pursuing Christ, were better in every measure and usually by about double the person that wasn't. It's, it's just that beneficial to life. We have heard people talk about how important it is. That when you talk about how many years you've been doing it, Chris, I tell you, I think, it's, I think a threefold gets really good when it's been seasoned about seven or eight years. You know what I mean? When you've gone through enough that there's some really big stuff, deaths and, you know, cancers and the kind of stuff, when you start getting into those kind of movements and then you're even passed on the other side of those kinds of things, I mean, I mean you're what Jesus prayed for. You're one. You are truly one with one another. You have given yourself over to the other person, and just like with your child, just like with your spouse, what wouldn't you do for them? You love them the way that Christ loved you.
right? So here's how we're ending. Pull this card out. It's in your chair tray. Okay, so pull this out. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. Uh, but look, they, we ran out a few of them towards the back. But just pull this out, okay? And on the front part, you're going to read a little bit about what this is about, but don't look at that. Go to the back and go steps to start a threefold, and I'm just going to briefly walk us through this, okay? When we first started threefolds, we thought, well, we'll put them together. Sixty, about two-thirds of about 66% of them failed. They did, when we put them together, they didn't work nearly as well as when people just sort of put them together. So this is the organic way to put together a threefold. Number one, pray about who the Lord wants you to talk to. Perhaps it's someone from a small group or a serving team. If you're not in serving here, get in serving. That's a great way to meet people. The, Julie is the greatest way to start it off, but you start off doing, you know, with serving with Julie. You get in a small group. You do something like that, or maybe you go to men's group or women's group, and there's somebody in there that you go, wow, there's something there. As you pray, you kind of get connected, okay? And, or maybe it's just somebody you've met on a Sunday morning. We do the coffee time in order for people to connect. Maybe it's somebody you've talked to and you went, you know, there's something interesting that we sort of meet up and get connected, okay? Now, some of our very best threefolds are made of people who are not obvious matches. Don't think of trying to find a friend. Don't want to be in the cool group. Can I tell you right now, if you try and be in the cool group, that's an excellent way to have a bad threefold, okay? Be in the uncool group. They're the ones that will go deep with you. That'll make you cool, okay? Right? Okay, so just pray and trust God, okay? Whoever it is, don't worry about age. Don't worry about if they, you'd be a friend of them or not. If God lays them on your mind, it's just like speed bumps and devotionals, right? If God lays them on your mind, right, then reach out. Men, we find that men need more than three because one is always going to be missing and two guys together doesn't usually make for a great conversation, okay? So better to have four because one will always be missing, and then you'll still have three, and you'll still have a good conversation. Okay? Women, you can do one. Okay? <laughs> wow! <laughs> no, come on. Kurt B. at LakeSam.org. There you go. Okay, you don't have to form the whole group. If you don't have three or four people, don't, don't worry about that. The one that you got or the two that you get, contact them. Okay? Uh, contact whoever he leads, they may have somebody else in mind, right? And so that may, be the, that may be the fullness of your group, somebody you don't even know, okay? Start with who you have. In other words, if you don't get four, if you're if guys and you only got two, don't worry about it. Start getting together as two. As God does stuff, he'll introduce you, things will happen, you'll end up with a third or fourth, it'll be fine, okay? Contact them. Once you've got the person that you're supposed to talk to, then talk to them. Okay, if you really want help on this, you're really just so shy you can't do it, it's okay, let us know, and we'll try and make the connection for you, okay? But try not to use this. I'm telling you, it works a lot better when you don't. I'm not just trying to offload work. I'm telling you that when you take the steps to do it, it's like you have the ownership and the outcome, okay? It's like you, put, you have some skin in the game, and it just tends to work a lot better. So do it by in-person or email. I find usually face-to-face -face works a little better, but if you're nervous about that, just email them, whatever. Uh, you can call us and get their email. We'll give you, we give emails of other people that are in the church. Sorry, if you don't want us to do that, let us know and we won't, okay? Uh, this can be a struggle for introverts, but we've seen many reach out and be extremely happy they did. Several of the people who stood up today, most notably Eric, uh, you know what I mean? Eric, you don't understand. 
Tam's birthday present for Eric every year is that he gets to go hike by himself for a week. Okay, so that's the nature of the introvert that he is, and he is, I want to be in your threefold. Okay, I want to know you. Okay, and I do, thank God. Even if a person is in a group, ask. You're going to find that some people want to be in more than one group. Okay, have love and grace. If they say no, it's okay. If you try it out for a little while and it doesn't work, you just have to have love and grace. Right? We just have to, you, you just have to understand not everything is going to fit. Not everything is going to work out, but if you just try a few times, it'll work. Get the connection. Okay? If you want help with any of this, please do ask. Okay? Decide on a meeting time. Just let me say, Dante has seven levels of hell. Number five is absolutely trying to schedule a meeting with more than two people. Okay? So, scheduling is tough. Be open to whatever might work. Don't look at what just works. My threefold's going through an interesting time. One of us got a job with a manager that he could not be there at a regular time, and we're having a heck of a time finding a new time. But here's the point. We're sacrificing for him, okay? It'd be much better for us to just kind of move on, but we're sacrificing because it's better. Is there a noise in the speakers? Location, look for something semi-private. We go to a Starbucks that has a private room, and we get it most of the time, okay? And then we can really laugh loud. Okay, but you can do it, even Starbucks have little cozy places that you can grab, okay, and then you can pray and it's not a problem. Frequency, weekly is best, but we go, my particular one goes every other and it works really well, okay. Uh, now, let me say the last thing. If you're doing this and it's not working out after a couple of months, use my, what I call the counseling rule. Whenever I refer somebody to counseling, I tell them, go three times. Why? Because the first time you may hate the person. So stay in there long enough to know what's really going on. They don't know you, you don't know them. It may take a little while to connect, right? So go enough times that, you, that you're connecting to whatever degree you're going to. But then what I always say is after the third time, if you're not walking out of there going, this is the one. If you're just walking out of there trying to be nice to the counselor, well, you're wasting money and effort. You're wasting money and time. You know, you're in a crisis moment. You can't waste money and time. You need to have the effort in the right place. A threefold needs to be in the right place. If you're with somebody for two or three months and it just isn't working, this is where we have the most love and grace for each other. You know what? For whatever reason, this one just isn't working for me. I'm sorry, guys, gals, whatever. I need to try something else. Do that. And if you need help to do that, be sure and let me know. I'll help you personally. Okay? Because the fact is, is what we want is for everybody to be where God wants them, right? We want them to be in that situation where they are growing, where they are being transformed, where they are growing closer to God, right? And one another. So Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, this, this body, this family, this, this amazing group of human beings whom you have drawn here together on purpose and whom you have already determined who to be with. You already have in your heart the connections and the growth and the incredible things that will come out of these times. So in Jesus' name, God, be with this body, be with this family. Help us to get interconnected. Help us as you pray, Jesus, to become one as you and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. So in Jesus' most magnificent name, God, make us one. Even now as you're praying, just ask the Lord if somebody comes to mind. Reach down in front of you and pick up these cups. 
be thinking about it. There's two cups there, and the bottom one is the bread. Take that one. Lord, we live in a world that is trying to separate. We make decisions that separate us from you and from one another. We are beings that fly apart. But you are a God who brings together and makes one. And so in Jesus' most miraculous name, we lift up, God, that our life is trying to be torn apart unto isolation, separation, unto death. But God, you are doing this miraculous thing of drawing people together in life. And so we take our fingers and we put it in this cup and we break this bread knowing that in that separation, our lives break. But in you, you bring us together and make us one. So in Jesus' surpassing name, God, Jesus, thank you for making us one. One, like you, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are. Take this bread together for the healing that Christ brings. And now, Lord, we lift this cup in which is the life that you have for us, which is the life that is victorious, which is the life that is connected and truly one, which is the life that gets to be ever better one until we are literally living in a cloud of love because you've taught us how to truly love. We are living as one. This is what this cup is. It's our everything for that to happen has already been done. And so we take this cup together saying, it is finished. Just lead me into it. Take together. 